there's a movie called Roadhouse from Patrick Swayze. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he says a really cool line. He says, are you a slave to words? And if you are, then you're weak. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually really, really right. Yeah. Like, if you let words get to you, then you're, yeah. you're a slave to that word. Yeah. And so I've always told staff, don't let those words get to you. It's just words. Kill them mm. with kindness. Yeah, just smile, wave, <laughs> smile and wave, and that's smile it. You're listening to The Restaurant Grind, the podcast of small business restaurant tours. Today we have Jesse Gonzalez. His family's been running Frida's Mexican restaurant since 2012. We're lucky to have him and can't wait to hear his story. So we have been in Memphis since the 1990s. We started off with a Mexican restaurant called Cancun. My dad opened up the first one in 1993 here in Memphis, over there by Overton Square, which yep. is... It used to be called Gonzalez and Gertrude, the original name. Uh-huh. We took over that building, and he opened up from there to 98. He had, I think, 14 locations. Wow. Five or six of them in the city. Mm-hmm. He had them in Bartlett. Had he worked in the restaurant business before that? Yeah. He so owned my, restaurants before when that? When he came to the United States, he came with nothing. He came working as a dishwasher at Shoney's yep. <laughs> in uh, Georgia. Yeah. And then he started working at a Mexican restaurant there, uh, Los Reyes, which is the one that's actually to this day okay. opened up in Millington. Uh, he they have restaurants out there in, in Georgia. He worked there, and then uh, the dishwasher that was working with him is his partner today. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that partner had opened up a small restaurant in Chattanooga called Cancun. He told Larry, "Hey, come work for me. You know, you'll just be a cook, but you're." going to be working for me he said okay he started working there slowly uh the restaurant started getting really well and then he told him hey i want to be a part and he said yeah and then his partner opened up another one but didn't didn't tell him and then my dad bought a part of that one and slowly bought like 10 10 10 by the time you know his partner had at least 15 20 restaurants wow. and my dad had only bought like 10 percent of it so he had 10 yeah. percent of some of them <laughs> almost you know, owned so. a, he owned a whole restaurant yeah he owned 10 percent of 10 percent of everything yeah, that's right and um then he said i'm gonna go to memphis and he's like no i don't want you to go out there you know <laughs> i want you to stay here yeah run my 10 restaurants yeah yeah basically 10%. and uh, he goes no i want to do my own thing and he sold his shares and went to memphis and opened up if I'm correct, I think we were the fourth Mexican restaurant in the city. Wow. Because then it was Pancho's, Molly's La Casita. And El Porton. Mm-hmm. Uh, El Porton didn't open up till like 94. Okay. We were there before they were. Okay. I think the other one was uh, Los Reyes on Co- Covington Pike. Oh, mm-hmm. probably so. Yeah. yeah. That was the only ones wow. that were here. Now there's 4,000 of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be exact, there's about 128 of us. Yeah. That's what I've counted so far. That's units or brands? That's the brands that okay. I've counted from. <laughs> That's like about the, right. Yeah, it's a like, yeah, it's 128 Mexican restaurants in the city, uh, not including taco trucks or yeah. anything like that. You know, I don't like to include the American made ones. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. those. Those aren't. That's yeah, not yeah nice. like I don't count Taco Bell <laughs> yeah. or, no, no. or Chipotle's. I don't yeah. count those because yeah. that's totally different. Yeah. You know, those guys tend to be more. Fast, 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 get yeah. it out there, you know. Low so. quality, high volume. That's, yeah. Back in 93, you and Eric, how old were y'all then? Did y'all start working in them? So and... my dad had me, uh, he did make us work, I, but I was nine years old. It was, mm-hmm. he was only making us take chips and salsa. But mm-hmm. 
I wasn't a normal height of a nine-year-old, you know, especially that I'm Hispanic. We're supposed to be short. I'm 6'3", and I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, pretty tall. So at my age, I looked about the same height as my dad. <laughs> so he was, like, he would always, like, hey, you can just come here for a couple hours or just, yeah. like, hang around with him. Because that was the only way. Did he pay you? <laughs> no. Yeah, of course not. I understand that. <laughs> but my dad I did. Was... I paid you. You had food at home and yeah. you got a bed. <laughs> I paid you. But he was, uh, he, that was the only way to spend time with him because yeah. other than that, he was everywhere. 24-7. Yeah. He was in Tupelo because he had another one there. You know, he had one in Covington. He was all around. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? So we would, the only way to catch him was like, hey, we're going to go see you at downtown. You yeah. Know? And you're going to help, you know. And then in 98, he sold everything. Everything. Wow. Uh, too much he was, stress or what, what made him sell? He was missing out on, you know, us Kids growing, growing up. up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had my sister and in, in 1993 and he hadn't seen her because he was just basically on his days off it was you know go 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 and back then they didn't have cell phones so oh yeah yeah you had to be at home waiting for a, ba- a phone call hey the one in tupelo is missing this hey the one in carville doesn't have this or line cook was... didn't show up or yeah yeah all the stuff oh, yeah and, you just made it happen yeah he made it happen mm-hmm. he had to because he and he had no help or support from someone to say oh, oh i got you you know but uh, he didn't, you know, he sold everything in 98, and then he opened up Margaritas in 2005 on mm-hmm. Union and McLean. And he sold the other two Fiestas to put all of his marbles into Margaritas. Uh, we were actually partners with the guys who owned Margaritas at the time. And uh, we started there. We worked as much as we could, and uh, the hotel sold to somebody else. We were doing fantastic. Mm. Uh, but the hotel sold to someone else, and we had to find a different location. And then that's where we came up with Happy Mexican, and we started working for them. So we were just basically their managers, their their ideas, all the way from from 2006 to 2010. We did all of their management, all of their ideas, all of their menus and stuff like that. And then we said, no, now it's our turn. <laughs> and that, that's what that's what we came up with the idea of. We had already came up with it in two thousand eight, mm. and we were going to open it. We we were just looking for a spot. We just couldn't find anybody. Um, and it's understandable because all the locations that we would look at, they were like, "You worked at Happy Mexican. We're, yeah. we're, we're assuming that you're going to open up another Happy." I was like, "No, yeah, this is a different concept." Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't let us. Uh-huh. They're like, "No." Yeah. Back then, commercial properties would be like mm, really wow. iffy. Yeah. Of a new concept idea going into their restaurants. If it wasn't what something is already working, they were just really... Yeah, why try something new, right? Yeah. Yeah. We tried with multiple locations. None of them gave us a chance. That entire building in Midtown was their first (laughs) chance. (laughs) Well, the the, the funny thing is is that uh, the owner, he had put it up for sale. And so it was an opportunity that we were like, we're, we can't miss out on this. Mm-hmm. We, It's an opportunity. This is the only way we're ever going to get a property. Just buy one. Just buy it, you yeah. know. Because it's huge. That whole it, upstairs, I've never even been up there. Yeah, yeah it's 6,300 square feet. But we own that entire lot, except that corner right mm-hmm. there. But other than that, we're basically the entire owners of, the, of that property. That's really cool. And so uh, we took a shot on it, and, you know, they said, yeah. And we buy it, we bought it. And now, <laughs> we're now? sitting here 10, 11 years later, 12 years later now, and, we're, you know, 
We're happy. So in 2012, starting Frida's in Midtown. And then when did y'all see the need for a second and, and ended up in Carville? <laughs> it's so funny. And uh, sorry, but John Isbell, who <laughs> was the first guy that actually turned us down at the restaurant that's over there on, on Pompler, because we were looking, it was for lease. Mm-hmm. And we had gone to him and he said, no, we wanted to be a happy Mexican. Yeah. We don't want, We want a brand. We want a brand. So we, you know, we took it as a loss and mm-hmm. we walked away. One day he shows up with his partners and is eating at the restaurant on the patio. And he sees me because I'm dropping off the food and <laughs> Jesse. And I was like, yeah, that, this is Frida's. I was like, yeah, this is the one. This is the one you yeah. turned down. Yeah. It Remember was... that percentage rent we talked about? <laughs> you didn't. You didn't say yes to. Yeah. You. You should. You made a big mistake. Yeah. He looked at me and he's like, "This is it." And I was like, "Yeah, this is." This is Frida's. This is the one that you said no to a couple of years ago. And uh, right away, I had a phone call the next day. <laughs> I got a space. Yeah, I got a space. Yeah, it's He took us to the Carville Carriage Crossing. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that mall. I think it's beautiful. Open, open concept, open everything. Yeah. He says, I got these locations to show you. And he showed us all, all these locations. And then uh, he showed us where Frida's is at right now. And it used to be like, a, I guess their storage facility for their Christmas ornaments. Cause they have like these big Christmas balls every year and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, this is beautiful. This is the one. <laughs> this is, a- is it huge? Yes. It's like 7,000 mm-hmm. square feet. And so, but he goes, it's, it's what I can offer you. And it took us two years of negotiation of back and forth wow. until they finally said yes. And we were real happy and to this day. Now we're going on six years. Six years there yeah. in Carville. Six years in Carville. Proud, happy and proud of it. And now starting a new venture. So that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. So this one is going to be a new concept? Or? This is our first fast casual concept uh, called Walk Fresh Max. And we're trying to franchise this. Everybody's Mexican restaurants or every all these fast food Mexican restaurants are just serving typical things. I want to serve you Mexican food that you get at a Mexican restaurant fast mm-hmm. with good quality yeah i took the model off of McAllister's mm-hmm. and uh sunrise memphis you mm-hmm. know they have a great model i That's think perfect. and i was like but let me do it with mexican food now mm-hmm. and let's see how that works out and so we're trying this concept to see how it works out we're really excited about it and we just opened up on october 9th we'll be right back business owners do you have a clear picture of where all your money is Are your taxes getting taken care of on time? Clarity and consistency are key when it comes to getting the most out of your books. With detailed monthly financials and ongoing advisory services, Patrick Accounting is here to help you make more money and keep more of it. Learn more at patrickaccounting.com. So can you give us a little insight about going from one to two to three and yeah. how that's been going? So during the pandemic, you're sitting down, you're trying to run ideas. We've already had this idea for a while. We just didn't want to initiate it yet till we saw when it was right. Mm-hmm. We were already looking for our third location for Frida's. We still are after what happened at the Lake Districts, you know, their whole thing debacle. It just took us out. So you know, I was like, well, let's work that second concept. Because we had just signed off on it and like, hey, you know, we have this weird concept that we've been working on for a while. Where can we try this out? And uh, 
during the pandemic, we ran ideas the entire time since we're basically, we were had a test kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Four months of sitting there, how to do things differently. And of course, that's when we noticed, hey, we can do this concept. It's not that hard. Yeah. We can still have a full service restaurant, but we can still do this fast food concept, take out fast food. And then, of course, the state had approved the alcohol to go. Yeah, margaritas to go is a big deal. Oh, it was till July, until <laughs> they took it away from us. We're gonna, have, we're gonna work on the lobbyists to get that back. Oh, that we, a- you have no. We are. <laughs> we would do anything to get that back. Yeah. Uh, some of the Mexican restaurants didn't do it, which was pretty weird. Y'all don't understand that. That that's a big push. Yeah. So obviously, there's challenges opening up from one to two and two to three. You Especially opening up a different concept was a big challenge. It's, It's been almost, like I said, another two years in the process of making this concept. <laughs> but it has been a challenge, too. It has been. It has given me setbacks. It has shown me that it's not easy to open up a different concept. It is not. There's a lot more things to go look at, menu ideas, how to make it better, how to make it smaller. You know, it's, it was a challenge. Yeah. I went from 7,000 square feet to two. You know, and so it's it's a it was a big challenge for us. Yeah, it's about turns and keeping your your square footage super oh, well efficient. Yeah, and then I'm assuming just the model of who you have on your team to help you work on that, like they have to have the the same vision with you of okay, this is what this is going to look like. This is the why we keep the menu the way we do. This is the way we want to have this efficiently run through the through the shop. Yeah, just having a different POS system was a challenge for us too. We worked with the same with company for years and then you know now we're changing to a different one to be more efficient to be yeah you know what you so, end up deciding on toast yeah and the other ones are which ones uh, adello yeah so we're changing over from adello that we've been with for you know ever yeah mm-hmm. we were there with when they started back in 2000 and here we are now and now we're like hey you know they're more they have more modern mm-hmm. toast is way yeah. ahead Things have changed in yeah. 20, 23 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big <laughs> paying from your table and the efficiency of the ticketing system to the all the data you get on the back end. Yeah, for how you're, you know, how, what, what you're selling and all all the information. And Ours was the the chef, the extra chef was what. Yeah, sold you. I sold them. It sold me the most because that's yeah, now you know your all direct food costs and that is correct. Yeah. That way you're able to keep everybody in check. It's basically checks and balances. because yep. We like Extra Chef a lot. That's yeah. It's been a great tool for our clients that use it. And um, it makes a lot of our job easier as well because we you don't have to chase down, like, you know, items. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're actually buying and selling, it's kind of make sure we know what those things are. Be yeah. To know. And the good thing is it tells you, it shows you, hey, you're buying way too much. You're selling, you know, you don't sell that enough yep. of this or yep. stuff like that. So... That is what we wanted to show where we're at. Yeah. You, you can do it manually, mm-hmm. but sometimes... It's, it's too lagging anyway. You don't have... It's not real enough data if you're not getting into it right on top of it every day. And yeah, it's super important. Yeah. I know that most Mexican restaurants, because we all have a similar style. Uh, it's just a different name mm-hmm. on a yeah. different dish. But when it comes down to it, if you're not focusing on it, the details, you know, you could be missing out on thousands of dollars yep just, so managing a food cost obviously it's all about food costs and, and labor costs in your business right what is the data you're getting and how are you driving decisions based off that based on the tools you're using so basically uh, right now we're, we're hand doing it it's all old school but we're bringing it into the 21st century like uh what's it called the, uh, like toast yeah. you know 
because meanwhile right now we're just doing it with hand watching everything you know the, whatever Adelo puts on the system it's your time cards and yeah. stuff like that reports and stuff like that we go through that but when it comes down to food costs or liquor costs it's just basically mm, yeah. guesstimating you know yeah yeah, yeah. Are you guys looking at maybe making a change to toast on the other two? Yes, we yeah. are. I've been telling our our keeper Carol <laughs> for a while that hey, we're changing over. Just give us some time, you know, because I've literally grabbed everything I've could to focus on walk, yeah, and you know, uh, try to make sure that that's, you know, perfect. I've just literally Carolyn will be very happy. <laughs> yes, Kevin yeah. would. Well, we, we have a lot of toast clients. I mean. There's a lot of different point of sales that are really good. We have a good relationship with Toast and how it interacts with all the other tech that we use. But um, yeah, I think I think at this point Kevin is really mad at me. So <laughs> so we are happy with we're, we're, we like it when Kevin's upset with everybody. It's fine. Give him a hard time as much as you can. Tell him to work harder. Yeah, come on. What's taking you so long? So. How do you see this guac going? Like uh, you talked about franchising it. Like, That's right. Are there any bumps that you're going through now, like testing that? Franchising in and out, we're, we haven't figured out how to do it yet, mm-hmm. but we did have the knowledge of the food. So mm-hmm. I know that we're able, we were able to work with Cisco and performance to get that analysis of our, where we're at, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, how we're gonna do our food cost? How and th- we've kept it to that point where it's like, okay, um, I want to be able to tell when we sell our franchise that hey, you don't need five hundred thousand dollars to open these mm-hmm. types of restaurants. Yeah. You don't. You honestly need you know two fifty or less. That's what we've kept like somewhat of a record, and you saw it. Like mm-hmm. I'm really trying to keep it a really clean record to show you, hey, you don't need that much to open up a restaurant, especially a walk. Yeah, you need this much to. Because that's the fear everybody else sees. People working in the restaurant industry for 10, 20 years now, and they're like, I can never do it. It's, they say it costs a million dollars to open one now. So just that fear, it probably stops a lot of people. Yeah, it, and I understand it stops a lot of people because it's like you're building the ground up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about just leasing the building and yeah. what you have to build inside of it. Because yeah. what we did inside of it was – if y'all saw it previously, you were like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is a restaurant? And then yeah. it's like, hey, guys, you know, we did everything from plumbing to vent hoods, everything within this budget. You know, it is possible. In order to franchise, obviously, there's a it's it's the factor of processes and, and getting the, the model, the model yeah. dialed in, you know, um, as you guys test that and and get some results now that you've been open a couple of weeks part of that big step will be laying down the groundwork for the for the future franchisee of this is the model we're run this is the procedures you run this is how everything's laid out what's your thoughts around like creating the i'll say the book of how to run these things how do you foresee that happening um well that's so far it's been easy (laughs) easy so far just say is you know saying it is easy but doing it is what the hard part is you know the only issue i'm having is is how to pitch it to somebody franchise mm-hmm. yeah yeah how to pitch it to them that is my issue right now other than that the working the work i think or the how we need to work or how needs everything need to be done that was pretty simple because of frida's mm-hmm. yeah you know so we already have that down we already have a book down from them do you think it would make sense realistically you're going to open up multiple units of those yourself before you start to franchise elsewhere so you have a repeatable model that you can prove then as you open the new mm-hmm. ones, then you sort of, okay, I'll get a, 
I'll get you know the franchise process. A takes a long time, yeah, because you have all the state regulations. Every state has to have their own say into how a franchise operates and the rules you have to follow and all that stuff. Or are you looking at true like just partnerships where you basically partner with them and you? No, can, yeah. I want to go national mm-hmm. if I yeah, could. Yeah, yeah. I want to go big because I want to show people that hey, you're getting a nachos from Taco Bell. Yeah, that's not how you serve them. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. A burrito that you get from, you know, Chipotle's, that's not how you get it. This yeah. is how you get it, you know? Yeah. That's that's what we're going after. Yep. I think you know? as soon as you build that brand, get to two, three, four locations in this area, you'll have people coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's typically what I've seen. Uh, when I worked at in the restaurant for 10 years, they started and built a franchise model, and it was your next GM that's wanting to move up. Like your father started, yeah. you say, started as a dishwasher, went to another guy and started as a line cook, and he's like, well, I'm going to go over here and do 10% here, learn from him, and then start doing yeah. your own. Yeah, You'll have that just internally, I think, with uh, your employees. Yeah. For sure. The people that help people franchise will start like, hmm, this is an interesting concept. We've got four or five of these. I can see this. We've had a, our clients mm-hmm. that have gotten to the point where they've got – you know, 10 of one concept or whatever. And like they've people that are helping, like that have interested and reached out to them from a backing of how to, to fund the, the growth of a, of a franchise, but also how to set it up and structure it legally and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. So there's a, there's a bunch of support there, man. It's an exciting story to hear. I love mm-hmm. the, the, you have an entrepreneur mindset. Yeah. It's the all in. We talk about this a lot, which is like owning a restaurant is 24 seven it is. Yeah. It is. And uh, it's been it's been hard, especially the past, I think, the past three years uh, because of staffing issues. So you're you're more there. Of course, now you have to be more there because, you know, prices are up and down. Yep. You can't just buy from certain people because they'll just jack up the prices. Yep. I think the past year it has come, you know, a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, when that calms down, that means customers also calm down. Yeah. You know, because yep. there's no more money. There's no more yep. of this extra. So it's got to get back to work. So yep. we start seeing a stabilize yep. again. Definitely. For sure. And well, so. We're excited for the Guac future and being able to partner with you on that and continued success. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank so you. Uh, too. thank you for your time and sharing the story of the Gonzalez family from <laughs> from a long time from, from a long time from the 90s on and running chip and salsa to running your own restaurant yeah no thank you absolutely thank you jesse we hope you enjoyed this episode of the restaurant grind if you did please hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating on your podcast player doing so helps our stories inspire more people in their restaurant grind journeys we'll see you next week